Welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about the number one source of calories for adult Americans. Guess what it is before I tell you? It's obvious. Grain-based desserts, right? So flour, because number two is bread. So when you want to get a handle on your weight, most likely, if you're a typical American, you're going to have to get a handle on refined carbs, right? Flour is the big one. And so obviously you probably know about this already. One of the biggest diets around is keto and Ben Atkins for a while. So we know this, but the point is you don't have to go into ketosis, right? Ketosis is an overreaction. It's a marketing pitch to sell you on an extreme plan. There, there's no need to go into ketosis to lose weight. All you need to do is reduce the calories. And again, most of the calories or a lot of the calories you're consuming are probably refined grains. And so you don't have to get rid of all of them. Um, you probably just have to start cutting some of them down. And once you do that, again, your body starts to function a bit better. Grains in general compared to higher source proteins, fruits, vegetables are typically a lower source of calories nutrient wise. And so, again, you have three options to lower your refined grain consumption, reduce, replace, remove. And out of the three removes the hardest, right? So, you know, again, that's kind of the keto, completely remove them. You do not need to do this. If you want to, go ahead. But if you've been struggling to completely cut carbs out of your life, um, you do not need to do that. So we want to remove, reduce, replace, and usually reduce and replace are the easier of the two because we're not completely getting rid of them. And so you're not going to deal with deprivation, the frustration of not having to eat them, especially on a week like Thanksgiving, where there's going to be a lot of grain-based desserts and foods around. And so, again, it's not about having to completely cut them out, but begin to reduce them um, begin to replace them with a healthier, more nourishing quality calorie. Okay. And as you start to focus on this, you know, this is the path forward. It doesn't have to happen all at once. As I always say, this is the path of mastery. So you don't need to completely today to, to tomorrow, completely cut out grains. You can completely work to start minimizing them, replacing them and removing them where it's comfortable. Okay, so keep this idea in mind, but let yourself focus on where the grains are coming in. Start to notice them, look for them, um, because there's probably more of them coming in than you realize. And once you recognize them, you start applying these three techniques to them to begin to lower them down. And if you start doing this, you will start to lose weight. All right, so I hope this helps you out and good luck with it. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Hazel, I appreciate you liking the live here. We got started off a little slow, but we're, we're on it. I, uh, I changed up my camera setup a little bit here. So it's thrown me off a little. New microphone holder, new camera holder. <laughs> but I think it makes things easier. So where's everyone at? What do we got? Thanksgiving week? Is people thinking about losing weight? I don't know. Is this the week to do it? Yeah, why not? It's fun to play around with it. I will tell you that. If you are, you know, thinking about weight loss and what you're going to do, um, then I think a good way to think about the Thanksgiving week is to approach it kind of like you're experimenting, you know, um, not not setting the strict guideline for yourself that you, you have to eat perfect or you can't eat all these certain foods, but instead starting to, you know, do look at your eating and look to change it a bit. But more importantly, is look to find ways to feel better, you know. Um, so I found one of the easiest ways to have a healthier Thanksgiving and potentially even lose weight is not to focus on not eating foods, but instead to focus on how can you relax, calm down, enjoy your Thanksgiving as much as possible, right? If that becomes the core question you're asking, um, the answers that follow that are not to stop eating, right? That, that's not how you're going to get the maximum amount of value out of Thanksgiving. Um, but as soon as you think about how can I get the most pleasure out of this, if I get some extra sleep, I'll make sure I drink some water, 
I'll nourish myself. I'm going to do something fun that I'm looking forward to. Maybe I'll go for a walk, you know, and you look for opportunities to also, um, you know, to feel better, not just to eat less, right? That's a key thing here. Um, we want to lose weight so we feel better. And unfortunately, a lot of people, their way to lose weight makes them feel worse. And so if your weight loss plan is something you don't want to do because you're anticipating it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, it's going to be frustrating, you're going to feel deprived, um, you're not going to do it. You know, so instead of trying to force yourself to do something you don't want to do, go to work on finding an easier, better way to do it. You know, um, D says, hello, I hope you're well. What's your take on weight loss medication? Um, I, I personally don't love the weight loss medication because I don't think it gets to the core issue. Um, as I heard a doctor explain it, this is one of the best explanations I've heard of that really all the semaglutides is that it's like you're in quicksand, but the medicine, it's like someone threw you a shovel. So you're still sinking, um, but you're not getting covered up. You're not sinking as fast, right? And so it's like a leaky boat with a bucket. You know what I mean? At least you got a bucket now. So it's better than nothing if you're type 2 diabetic. But again, it's not, you're not getting to the core issue here, which is really the mindset. And, you know, if you don't believe this, you know, you look at one of the most extreme things you could do to lose weight is a surgery, right? Whether it's a bypass or you get a sleeve or um, lap band, um, basically one way or the other, you shrink your stomach to a quarter of the size it was. And even in that situation, people put the weight back on, you know? So I, I mean, I, I can't, it can't be more obvious that at, at the core, at the core of it, it's a mindset issue. And the medicine is just one more example of that. Um, best case scenario, the medicines is you'll feel nauseous and won't want to eat. You know what I mean? And, and then you have to take it forever. And if you're starting it because you're type two diabetic or obese and you end up, you know, reversing the diabetes or you end up not being obese anymore. Now your insurance don't cover for it. Now you got a thousand, twelve thousand dollar, two thousand dollar bill a month. You know, I don't know. And we don't know what it does yet. You know, this is a new medication and it doesn't fix the core issues. So that's my opinion on it. Right. So if you're on it, I have people in my program that are on it, that are on it while they simultaneously work on the mindset piece. I get that. You know, I, I think that's a, a smarter approach. Um, and I'm not knocking anyone who's on it. Um, but I don't think, as usual, it's all it's so much marketing and I don't think it's the ultimate answer, uh, my opinion, you know, for weight loss, right? If you're type two diabetic, it's a different story. Um, Hazel says, I put on two pounds last week, not being active. Now I'm active again. I'm losing weight again. Yeah. Great. Hazel. That's what we want to do. We always just want to, we want to always say this awareness precedes change, right? So it's not just about just like the straight line of success. It's way more about understanding causing effect, cause and effect with your body. Right. So when I eat this way, my weight's going down. When I live this way and active this way, my weight's going down. When I stop doing that, the weight plateaus or goes up. When I eat this, blood goes up. And we're, we're kind of connecting the dots and we're optimizing our plan week after week after week. So again, who gives a shit if we put two pounds on, if we clearly see why it is and we use that to get better? You know, it's like people freak out because everyone thinks of their weight loss in such a short time frame that if you put two pounds on in a week, it's just devastating you know, and it doesn't matter because we're not focused on the weight loss. We're focused on living at your goal weight. That difference is the whole game here. You're fixated on losing weight. Probably all you care about is losing weight. You think you just want to get to this goal weight. And I'm sitting here telling you that's not your goal. You don't just want to lose weight. You've lost weight and then put it back on. You're not glad that you lost the weight. You're pissed that you put it back on. So you've got to learn from that and you've got to change your focus to not losing weight but to getting to your goal weight and living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot, if that becomes your new goal, it becomes a completely different process and path you walk as opposed to the goal of just wanting to lose weight. 
And um, great job, Hazel, because you're 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 showing off why that's important. Because again, you learn from this, and now you improve and you get better. What's up, Jody? Rehearsing Thanksgiving and be prepared for the family digs that I know will be coming. Yeah, that's that's part of it. You know that that's exactly part of it. Because listen, we're doing that anyways. You're already rehearsing stuff, folks. Right? If you're going to Thanksgiving with people that you've gone to Thanksgiving with before in places that you've gone to Thanksgiving before, you are now rehearsing and expecting that your Thanksgiving is going to go just like it has the last few years. You're anticipating you're going to drink too much, eat too much, you know, get offended by stupid things family says or whatever. I don't know what your your, your thing is. Or you imagine you're going to you're going to go in there, you're going to eat perfectly, you're going to love it, you're going to have a great time, whatever. I don't know what you're expecting and rehearsing but you're expecting and rehearsing something about Thanksgiving. And if it's not the Thanksgiving you want to have cut the shit, stop imagining and, and rehearsing the worst case Thanksgiving. I mean, I, I say this, I've done this before. You know what I mean? When Thanksgivings were a little more stressful and, and for different reasons, it's normal and natural. Our brain, we do what we did. And so if the last, last few Thanksgivings haven't been great eating wise, being with people wise, whatever reason wise, um, we don't want to just project that and expect that again. We want to understand, oh, you know, the, the dipshit uncle's still going to be there saying whatever. <laughs> They're still going to be there. But this year, how do I want to respond to that? You see what I mean? Like, because a lot of times, oh, my uncle said this and triggered me and now I got really upset and now I'm expecting that again, right? And, and so we don't want to do that. We want to tap into our power and say, how do I want to go through Thanksgiving? How do I want to deal with the, with the uncle or the aunt or that, that person? How do I want to deal with the abundance of food? How do I want to deal? What's the best version of me? How would I go through that Thanksgiving? What would make this the best Thanksgiving I've had in years? That's the question I want you to start asking and imagining and rehearsing for. Because again, if you get nothing else out of this, I want you to appreciate you are rehearsing for Thanksgiving. You are imagining how you expect Thanksgiving to go. And if you're not looking forward to it, then change it up. How can you react differently? You can't change other people. You can change how you respond to it. So great job, Jody. That's awesome. Because of you and all your inspiration, I naturally have been losing weight and loving myself again. That's awesome. Awesome job, G. Take a little screenshot of that. Um, that's great. That's that's the point, right? I, I love that. Loving myself again. I always talk about that because I think that's such a crucial piece of the puzzle because a lot of people, it's like you kind of know that you're always hating your body, That right? That's how most people try and motivate themselves to lose weight is most of your motivation comes from the, the anger and more upset you are with yourself is usually where your motivation comes from, which is why it doesn't last because your brain's a pleasure seeking mechanism. Your brain doesn't want to stay in a state of pain, focusing on how shitty you feel and how bad you feel about yourself. So trying to hate yourself healthy, trying to hate the weight off, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work long term. You've got to love yourself. And you know, some people say, oh, once I lose the weight, then I'll love myself. Oh my God, what are you going to be conditional? Like conditional love doesn't work in any relationship. Certainly not going to work with your own. So you've got to love your body now. You say, oh, it's easier to say than do. I get that. I understand that. And so one way to kind of really feel a genuine sense of love for your body is to focus on the functional aspects of your body. See, you're always thinking of your body visually, aesthetically. How does it look in the context of society? He's oh my, my calves are too big or my arms are too big or this is I don't like how this looks and we're always thinking about how we look but a lot of times we're forgetting I'm glad I got eyes that see I'm thankful I got my two hands and fingers that work um, I'm thankful I got my legs I can walk do you know what I mean like, like the basic stuff we don't really appreciate what we got till it's gone hopefully these things won't be gone um, but we want to appreciate them now and that's an easier way to start it's like the kindergarten baby steps of actually loving yourself. Cause I know it's hard for you. I know you, you want to love yourself, but you can't. 
because you have so many years of hating your body and just shitty ne negative dialogue. So we got to find kind of simple ways to practice genuinely feeling love for your body. This is a whole thing in of itself. But one way to start again is to focus on the functionality of what you have. You know, if um, if you got in a car accident, all of a sudden you're a paraplegic, you certainly love, would love your legs. Who gives a shit how big they are? You know what I mean? We got to get back to reality here. You know, we've been so bullshitted by society and culture that, you know, we can't even love our bodies that are working. You know, it's, it's a sad state of affairs in that sense, you know? So, um, and here's the thing, you can love your body now for what it does, right? And then you can say, I'm going to love it even more when I'm happy with how it looks. Fine. Okay. But at least have a foundation of love now. There is no reason to put that off. There is no reason. It's not motivating. If you think holding love out for you, like some, you know, dangling some carrot in front of you, if you think that's going to motivate you, it is not. Has it? You know what I mean? It's cruel. It's a cruel thing to do to yourself. Would you do that to a kid? I'm not going to love you until you do what I tell you. Is that how, you know what I mean? Like when you put it in a different context, it sounds horrible, but you've just, you know, we've all just habituated to it. Oh, I hate my body. Oh, you always say negative stuff about yourself, you know? So anyways, great job, G. I, I love hearing that you're loving your body and using that as, as the motivation. That That's super. Um, let me see here. I'm, I'm trying to get to questions too. I got a little stuck there. Um, and I see it does this now all the time. TikTok. It's, I don't like this update part. How do I get out of here? Okay. TikTok shows me like every single person that gets on or gets off. And so it's hard to, I can't get the question sometimes. So just stay with me. I am live. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'm going to blast through a couple of these right now. I can find them. They got to start. I don't know why they do this. It's so hard to find the questions, but I'm going to get to them. Come on. Here they come. I just saw them a minute ago. <laughs> All right. Do you sell hypnosis recordings? Uh, I don't. I don't sell hypnosis recordings. I give some away. Um, if you go to my bio and click the link, I give you a, a free hypnosis session. I love that session. It's the new thin me. Um, it's customized to your situation. Go get it. It's free. And then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And then I email you every day. I give you great, great stuff to help you lose weight. Um, uh, and then if you go to, if you go to like SoundCloud, if you search Jim Katsoulis and SoundCloud, I have a bunch of sessions I give away. Um, YouTube, I have a bunch of hypnosis sessions I give away. Um, I usually just give the hypnosis recordings away and then I have, I have programs that I sell. Um, so that's how I usually do it. And then there's obviously the program. I mean, if you get program yourself, then there's over a hundred hypnosis sessions, <laughs> not to sound that's overwhelming. It's an eight week program. And so you go through those very strategic way. Um, but yeah, the hypnosis is, is a real big help for that. Um, you need to change the background. You look like a member of the heaven's gate. Oh no. <laughs> Do I, I don't remember what they used to use. I like that background. People tend to like it. If my worst habit is snacking too much and eating past full, how do I change that? Yeah, great. Okay. We got to break it up. Okay. Um, we can't say snacking too much. Okay. Snacking too much is too vague. Uh, there's snacking too much at dinner. I mean, I mean, there's snacking too much at night. There's snacking too much in the afternoon. There's snacking too much during the day. You know what I mean? So now you may do all three. Okay. Um, but we want to pick one first when you are working on a habit, you've got to make it very specific. Okay. So we can't say, oh, I'm just snacking too much. That's, that's too vague. Say, okay, I'm going to, what's my worst snacking? Well, my worst snacking is happening at night. My worst snacking is happening during the day, whatever. And say, I want to work on the snacking at night and we get real specific about it. Um, and then you focus on that and then eating past full, same thing. When are you eating past full the most? Maybe it's dinner time. 
Um, doesn't matter. What, whatever the answer is, let me focus on that. And you can focus on one or both of those. Usually if you focus on one, you're going to get better results because you're more focused. Um, I know dieters always want to change everything all at once, but if you are more strategic and break down your poor eating habits into smaller pieces, it's actually easier to make pretty good progress with them. So yeah, I would just pick one of those and I would focus on it, make it more contextual, specifically when is that behavior happening and then go to work on changing it. Um, what's up, Karen? If snagging stands in that one. Uh, it'll back up. Okay, here we go. Uh-oh, Astrid. You said my eating is bad. Uh-oh. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I need to get on track fast. You do. You got to get that that knee ready for sure. But here you go, Astrid. Here's this little, little language lesson, right? Is you don't need to, right? You never need to lose weight. I, I literally, I've never seen anyone that needs to lose weight. You know that? I've dealt with people that had heart attacks, um, severe type 2 diabetes. They don't need to lose weight. No one needs to lose weight. You know, you really don't need to. I'm just saying that you need to pay taxes. You need to go to work. If you want to make money. There are certain things you need to do, but losing weight is not one of them. I've seen the most extreme plan. People need a, they want a new knee. They got physical issues that are acute. And if they lost the weight, they could fix them. And even they don't need to lose weight. No one needs to do it. And you got to understand that because autonomy is one of the most important things for a human being. We need to feel in control of our behaviors and what we're doing. And the second we feel like we're not in control, like we need to, like we're being forced to, we fight against it subconsciously. So Astrid starts, I want to, I want to get back on track fast. Why? I want to get back on track fast. I can start losing some weight. My knee will feel better. I can get the surgery done. I can, can get on with that. Okay. Need to want, should to want, have to, to want. Okay. It, it feels different than when you say it that way. And it is, it's different. Semantics matter. Yep. But first my problem, I get it, you Astrid. I can't wait to hear about that either. Um, what's up, Marcy? How do you make sure you maintain your weight after you lose it? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, how do you make sure you maintain your weight when after you lose it? This is like the greatest question I've ever been asked. Okay. And I say that, right? Because that's the whole game, you know? So how do you make sure you maintain your weight after you lose it? Like the answer is so obvious, but it doesn't seem obvious because we've been conditioned to think about weight loss like dieters, you know? And so how do you do that? Because I ask this question constantly to people um, when they're losing weight. I say, what are you going to do once you lose the weight? And they're very upset, right? Go, I'll figure it out then. I'll figure it out then. Well, that's, that's how you make sure you don't know how to maintain it when you lose the weight, okay? So how do you make sure you maintain it after you lose it is you start with your maintenance plan. You start with the maintenance plan, right? So let's just say your average calorie consumption is up here and you want to weigh down here. What most people do is they cut the calories down to here so they lose fast. And then they think they're going to bring the calories back up here to maintenance level. That's a hard process, okay? I'd much rather go from my average calorie consumption where I've been at to lower down to where I want to be. It's way more comfortable. And we start right from the beginning. that The goal's got to be different. The goal is not to lose weight. God damn it. Um, the goal is... Uh, so annoying. It's really more annoying than computers. <laughs> Uh, the goal is not to lose weight. It's, it's to live at your goal weight. Okay. So there you go. Uh, 33. The first thing you want to do is switch your goal. And so you don't want to lose weight. You want to get to your, you want to return to your goal weight. And then the, the real goal is you want to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. 
It's only going to take you a couple weeks, months, or years to lose the weight. And then that weight loss phase is over. The weight loss is just a phase, folks. It's just a phase. And you're just obsessed with it. And that I'm telling you, that's 99% of your problem is you're obsessed with losing weight. But you're not obsessed with living at your goal weight. And so at best, you've drastically done things that overwhelm you to cut your weight and your calories down. And you've you at the best case scenario, you've lost the weight. And then what have you done? You put the weight back on because you don't want to live that way forever. So if you start with the goal of I want to live at my goal weight, everything you do is bounced off the idea. Is this something I want to do long term? As soon as you start asking, do I want to do I want to never eat a carb for the rest of my life? Right. My, my mindset. No, I don't want that. I don't want to live like that instantly. Can I not eat a carb for two weeks and lose some weight? Yeah, I could do that, I guess. You see? So as soon as you start looking at long term, it, it clarifies things real fast. Because all your weight loss things are overreactions. They're not built for the long run. You're going to live 1,200 calories a day forever. You're going to intermittent fast forever. It may be. You're going to not eat sugar forever. Not eat carbs forever. Really? You're going to be that person? Is that what you want to do? You know, I sit in front of you as someone who's lost over 50 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. I won blip 12 years ago. Um, I haven't dieted at all. I hardly work out. I've never worked out consistently. I've started doing some stuff. Um, I've mastered my eating and I mastered my eating in a way that I love. I love the way I eat. I love the way I live. And so I have no fears of putting the weight back on because I love how I'm living and I'm always making it better. So if you focus on that from the beginning, it's not that hard. The problem is that most dieters are only focused on losing weight and the, the weight maintenance is really an afterthought, you know? Um, that happened to me. I lost 15 kilograms at 15 and now I'm 16. I've gained it all back and now I'm trying to lose that weight again. Yeah. Don't lose it again. Just lose it the last time. That's, that's the key thing, but it's a mindset shift. You know, everyone's impatient. Do you eat high volume? What is your nutrition like? Um, do I eat high volume? Um, I'm not sure high volume of what I don't eat high volume calories, obviously, uh, if I did, I'd, I'd put weight on, but my nutrition, what's it look like? Um, I like to eat clean. So I, so program yourself then has, we break it up into two categories. We have clean eating days and pleasure eating days. And so the clean eating days for me now is Monday through Friday afternoon. My pleasure days are Friday afternoon to Sunday. And so, um, what's clean clean to me is there's really very little flour, very little sugar. Um, I'm looking to eat very natural whole foods, uh, a lot of nutrient density and variety I'm looking to put in my body and yeah, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, all the natural stuff. Um, I eat fish sometimes. Um, if I ate meat, I would eat meat, you know, during those days, you know, again, not sauced out and not fried and all that healthy, you know, cuts of meat I would eat. Um, but so that's clean to me, you know, so it's a typical day. I don't know. I don't really like going into that. Cause then people are just like, like I created it for me. You know, and I make this, I really mean this because I don't, I wouldn't mind, I don't care about telling you, but people are so obsessed when it comes to weight loss that it's like you lose your capacity to think and you just want someone to tell you what they eat. And then what, you're just going to do that. Well, you're not me. You don't like the foods I like probably on my lifestyle. You haven't been eating the way I've been eating for 30 years. You know what I mean? It's just like, why you can lose weight eating anything you want. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like any type of food you want, you have to have to manage the calorie intake, but you can eat literally any food. You do not have to cut anything out. You have to make it fit. 
You know what I mean? But I, I could sit here and tell you what I, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I hate this. I, don't, I can't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want you to do that. I want you to figure out what foods do I like? Start there. You know, which foods do I, that are healthy do I like? Which foods that I'm eating too much or that are unhealthy? Let me start working on those, you know? Um, so if that helps, but if you, if you go in it with that approach, I think it's, you can't help, um, but, but get better results. Um, I lost about 140 pounds in a couple of years with the same mindset you promote. It is totally possible. That's awesome. I'm super glad you said that. Um, cause you know, everything I say, I always know they, I can always tell like when people are either in my program or have lost weight for, and kept it off for a while. Like, and when I say a while, like over two years, usually. I can always tell when, when they make comments. Um, Program Yourself Thin was born out of people that had lost weight and kept it off for two years. I would speak to them, I'd interview them. And I was looking, I was looking to model them, not just what they ate and how they how they exercised. I was looking at how they thought. You know, what's the difference? How did you how did you get motivated? What what was the difference? How do you think about food? Again, it wasn't just, yeah, I was curious about what they ate and all that stuff too, but I was way more concerned with how they thought about things. You know, how how'd that mindset shift happen? What what was it? got obsessed with that. And very quickly you realize that's the difference. That's the big difference. The difference between people that get results and people that don't, right? It's not the plan. You know what I mean? Everyone can be doing the same plan. And on top of that, the plans don't matter. They did a huge study where they compared low fat to low carb plans. And um, the only thing that mattered were people that did the plan, right? So it, whether you, did, you know, if you didn't do the plan, you didn't get results, but whether you did the plan, whether you followed the plan, whether it was low carb or low fat, people get the same results. So it's not the plans that are the problem, folks. It's the fact that you don't know how to get your mindset straight. You don't know how to get yourself to follow the plan. And, and you never learn that. I always say this, you got two mindsets. You got an overweight mindset, which is your normal, natural mindset. This is where you're just, like if you think about your, your weight and your mindset, it's like a thermostat. Your mindset is, is set to that weight and it keeps you at that weight. If you're like not thinking about food, just living your life, you eat and live and act the way that keeps you overweight. So you got an overweight mindset that's automatic and natural. And then you got a diet mindset, which is basically you fighting against your normal mindset, right? This is when you get so upset about your weight. So that's it. No more carbs. You know, and it's, it feels like you're just fighting against yourself, right? And best case scenario in, the, in this situation is that you diet yourself down to your goal weight. But the same problem exists. You still have an overweight mindset and a diet mindset. You can't keep dieting. So what do you do? Well, what do you do? 95% of the time people put the weight back on It's because they never change their mindset. You're never creating a thin, healthy mindset, you know, and this is why you can't keep yourself at the weight you want to be at, you know? Um, but I'm glad you said, it. yeah, if you, if you use this approach, this is the path. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I came up with it in the sense that I, I put it together, but I just, I learned this from all the people, all the people that successfully lost weight. It's the same story over and over, you know? Any tips for keeping a long-term mindset? I tend to want instant results. Yeah, I get that, Julian. We all want instant results. It's hardwired into us, first of all. We're all impatient by nature, A. And B, we have a society and a culture that's constantly manipulating that. And especially when it comes to weight loss, every diet ad you've seen, and you've seen millions of them, this is the before and after picture and how long it took to go from it. And it's usually an artificially short period of time. And um so when it comes to weight loss on top of it, I always say, so like you think about your weight loss, like it's a sprint. That's how you think about it. And when you think about a sprint, like if you trip a little bit running a sprint, you've lost the race, right? The only thing that wins a sprint is absolute perfection. And so you think about your weight loss as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight and I want to do it as quick as possible. And because you think of it like a sprint, any little mistake feels catastrophic. 
you know? So it's like, you're just so focused and everything's going to be perfect. But the second you make a little mistake, it just, you get blown right off course. And so, yeah. How do you create a long-term mindset? I think it starts by changing the goal. The goal is not to lose weight, you know, <laughs> please. It, it's not to lose weight. You've lost weight. You're obsessed with losing weight. I know the mantra in your head comes. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. No, you don't. It's the biggest lie you're telling yourself. You don't just want to lose the weight. You've lost weight, haven't you? And then you put it on. Are you happy you lost weight? Or are you pissed off that you put it back on? You see? So you got to change the goal from wanting to lose weight to wanting to get to your goal weight. And the, the big goal, I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot. I know you don't know how to do that, but you're never even aiming in that direction. You know, I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. I don't care what I got to do. I just want to lose weight. I don't even care what I got to do. That never a dumber sentiment has ever been uttered. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me, folks? You don't care what you got to do to lose the weight? Really? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, why do you think you're not doing it? Is it because you don't want to lose weight or is it because you don't want to do the plan? It's because you don't want to do the plan. So you do care about what I got to do. When people say, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose the weight. I just like, oh, go like, like my, my head's going to blow up. Of course you care. That's why you're not doing it. That's why you're not doing it. It's not rocket science. It's not bullshitting yourself. You absolutely care how you're going to lose the weight. So start focusing on that. And you're not, you know, I'm going to start keto. I can't start this week. It's Thanksgiving week. The week after, the week after Monday, I'm going to start my keto plan. Oh God. If you can't start the plan today, I always joke, program yourself. Then's the only plan I ever see anyone starting on a Friday, Thanksgiving week. <laughs> you know why? Because it's not about strict meal plans. It's not about deprivation. It's about calming yourself down and relaxing and changing your mindset. So you naturally make healthier food decisions. <laughs> right. But your diet's miserable and that's why you don't want to do it. And until it's not miserable, you're never going to do it any long term. So you got to stop just ignoring that fact that you hate your weight loss plan. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. Uh, I'd been obese since childhood, only eight pounds overweight for the first time ever and still losing. That's amazing. That is so great. I'm, I'm proud of you because that's the hardest challenge. I think, I think the hardest challenge is obese from childhood because your whole self-image is being overweight your whole life your identity has been overweight and so it's extra hard for you you know it is easier for someone who is thinner than put the weight on and then loses it. that is easier you got the neural networks of thinking yourselves a thin person the habits the behaviors the lifestyles all that stuff and so to do that from being obese your whole life that that's a quite an accomplishment great job and um eight pounds overweight for the first time ever and still losing it's amazing great job Super proud of you. And, and especially the way you said you're doing it, you know, that that's great because you're setting yourself up for the long-term success, which is what I'm always so, so focused on. Because there's nothing worse than losing the weight and putting it back on. Um, I want to lose weight to find a husband, but people keep telling me that it's a terrible reason. <laughs> it is a terrible reason. You know, it's an extrinsic motivator and it's an extrinsic reason. Anytime you're trying to lose weight for someone else, for some other, other, re other reason, not for you. It's, it's a, it's a pretty bad motivator. It's, I'm not saying like it's good or bad, but you know, there's a science of motivation. We go through that in the program, which is always might be helpful. <laughs> I'm just saying it might be helpful if you understood motivation scientifically. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to be able to be motivated? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're flummoxed that you're not more motivated, not taking more action, but it's, 
because you're not motivated because you don't know how to motivate yourself. Anyways, um, yeah, well, extrinsic might want to look better for people, want to find a husband, um, and you want to lose weight for that. That's always a bad reason because it's it's not internal. It's not you making the decision. Um, what do you want to weigh? What do you want to be? Um, that's what you got to figure out. Because if you lose the weight uh, for another person, it, it's just it's not never going to be as strong of a motivator for you as as you want to do it for yourself. So um, I wouldn't say it's a terrible reason. I would say it's probably an inadequate reason. It, it's not a, it's not a reason that's going to get you to start or stick with any plan, you know. And not only that, but I don't know how long you've been looking for a husband. You know, if you've been saying that for years, now it just doesn't even mean anything to you anyways, you know, but I'd rather, I'd rather frame it around. I'm not saying you can't include that in, by the way, Azra. I just, I would reframe it a bit, something like this instead. I would say, I want to be the best Azra I can possibly be. I want to be the best version of me. I want to be the healthiest, happiest, most successful version of me. That includes the weight I want to live at, the health I want to experience, the, the mindset I want to live in, um, the energy, the focus, the clarity. I want to take certain actions. I want to have these things in my life, whatever's important to you. And I want to be the type of person that attracts the perfect husband to me. Not just because my weight says X amount of things on a scale, but because I am this glowing, vibrant, beautiful version of myself. So that makes sense. It's so much more deeper and so much more contextual than just saying, oh, I want, I want a husband because I'm going to have a number on a scale and that's what he's going to love me for. That, that's, that's got bad news written all over it, right? However, if we reframe it, we're taking into account the weight. There's nothing wrong with that, but we can't let the weight be the only thing that matters. That, that never works, folks. You know, you've got to make this, you got to take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development. You want to get married, great. Don't just let it be about how you look. Let it be, I want to be the best for Azra possible. I want to be happy, healthy, balanced, at peace with myself so that I attract the perfect person for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, so, so again, the weight's part of that, but it's a small piece. The weight, weight can never be the main reason for it really much. Um, how to get the mindset of, how to get the, how do you get the mindset of my ideal weight? That's a great question, Anna. So the first thing I'd suggest, and I suggest this to all of you, if you're not there yet, is go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session. It's called the new thin me. So this will help you get the mindset of your thin, ideal, perfect person you want to be. OK, um, because it helps clarify and connect you to that reality. And so you start to practice and imagine what it feels like to be at your goal weight as the person you want to be. And it does it in a very powerful way. So go get that hypnosis session. And then I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. And if you watch both, if you listen to that and watch the training, it's about a half hour. You, you'll have a much better idea of how to have the mindset of, of you at your ideal weight. Um, I just proved to myself that knowledge is not enough. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to, but that's great because knowledge is not enough, <laughs> right? It's very true. I always say, I just made a video on this yesterday. Like a good distinction to make is conceptual knowledge versus behavioral knowledge, right? And so when it comes to losing weight, you've got a full, you're full of conceptual knowledge. You have all the ideas of what you should do and why you should do it and all the rest of it. But your behavioral knowledge is much weaker. Okay. So to put it in context, you've got all the conceptual knowledge of how to write with your hand that you need but you only have that behavioral knowledge for one hand, right? The conceptual knowledge does not transfer into behavioral knowledge for the other hand. You haven't practiced that hand, you see? And if you want to learn how to write with that hand, if you want to acquire the behavioral knowledge, you don't read another book on it. You have to literally just kind of get down to business and practice it. And it's the same thing with weight loss. No one ever thinks about practicing being a thin, healthy person, but that's what it takes. That's how you want to think about this. And that's how you start to get on a, a more proper path to get the results you want. 
Big deal. Great tips. Love your advice. I'm working on losing 80 pounds and resisting sexanda. Um, that's great. I'm glad because again, you can lose the weight without the medicine. You know what I mean? Like this idea that food noise, I chuckle to myself every time I see them talking about food noise because I've been dealing with food noise for 30 years. You know what the food noise is, folks? It's what you're saying to yourself in your head. You're watching hundreds, hundreds of food ads every day. What's up, Vicky? Um, you're watching all these food ads every day. You have no sense of what you're saying to yourself, but you are in your head. You are your own best or worst hypnotist. You have been, you are, and you always will be your best or worst hypnotist because you are up talking to yourself all day long, all day and night. And what you are saying is hypnotizing you and it's literally dictating your behaviors. And um, yeah, the idea of, you know, food noise, you know, just medically, you know, is, is silly. There's other ways to do it, you know, that don't involve those medicines. Um, I read salt, sugar, fat. I am disgusted by the manipulation. I still can't stop binging. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's, there you go. So that's why. I, yeah. So you can read these books, right? Salt, sugar, fat's a great book, by the way, you can read these books and realize it does not turn into behavior that that's exact. So you're good job. Okay. You know, listen, everyone wants to start that. Everyone wants to start everything. You're just perfect on day one. You're not going to be. I, I'm just always trying to point out to you all that making mistakes is the, the mistakes are the best teachers you have. Making mistakes is wonderful because it means you're growing and evolving. You can see the challenge, the next challenge that's right in front of you. And so great. You read that book, you got fired up and you still were binge eating. Okay. Because knowledge doesn't equal behavior. You know how to write. You can't write with the other hand. You know, you need to practice it. So you need to practice to stop binging. And so the way you do that now is you break the binging down. Not all binges are the same. Start to work on the binging that happens after dinner. Work on the binging that happens in the afternoon. I don't know when it's happening for you, but pick the worst binging pattern. Pattern. No, binges don't just happen spontaneously all the time. They happen very pattern oriented. All of us are like this, folks. Your worst eating habit is a habit that's happening daily or weekly, multiple times. Okay. Start with that. Don't try and change all of your eating all at once. A dumber idea has never been stated. It's stupid. You can't change all your eating all at once long-term. So pick your worst eating habit, your worst binging habit and go to work on figuring that one out. Can you talk more about how to, can you talk more about how to stay motivated when the scale goes up and down so much? Yeah. Well, okay. You're on, I think you're on your way with what you just said at the end, the scale goes up and down folks. Okay. This is why I'm a big fan of weighing yourself every day so that you can start to understand your body. People losing weight don't understand it at all about their body works. It's fucking nuts, you know? I weigh myself every day when I was losing weight, and my weight would fluctuate all over the place. The biggest fluctuation in 24 hours was five pounds. That's an outlier. That was unusual, but it just let me know how my body works. I started to realize if I cut the calories down consistently, it takes about two weeks for that to show up consistently on the scale. You know, and if I raise the calories up, it takes about two weeks of the calories being raised for it to show up on the scale. These are really important pieces of information for me, okay? Because if you're in the idea that you're going to start on day one of your weight loss and your weight loss just goes down like a straight line to your goal weight, you're set up for failure. That's not accurate. That's not how most people's weight goes. And so if you don't weigh yourself regularly, you're never going to know the fluctuations that go on with your body. So the first step is seeing, cleansing the lenses of your perception and seeing the reality of weight loss. It is not a straight line typically. It's almost never a straight line from what I've seen. When I've had clients track their weight loss, it's almost always this jaggedy line that 
when you zoom in, it's like, holy shit. When you zoom out, you see a trend, but there it's up and down, down, down the thing. And it's like, that's one of the biggest lies that's been told to people that you're internalizing. Probably you probably have this internal idea that when you lose weight, you're going to have a straight line of success from day one down to your goal weight. And it's not true. You expect you're going to lose weight more than more weight than you're going to. And it's not true. And it sets you up for failure. So yeah, how do you stay motivated is you have to clarify your expectations. We talk about this in the programs. It's so important. If, if you're like an average dieter, your expectations are bonkers. They're bonkers. It's like the candy. I don't know if they said candy bonkers. They bonk you out. Your expectations are going to bonk you out. <laughs> your expectations are not real. They're based on literal lifetime of diet marketing, over overselling everything, over-exaggerating. You know, and now you got this idea in your mind, that you're going to start your diet. You're going to lose two, three pounds a week. It's going to be a straight line of success down to your, get to your goal weight. And that's not true at all. And so, yeah. How do you deal with that? You start with, by, you know, clarifying your expectations. So they're more accurate. You got to be more accurate, you know, just because you want them to be faster. doesn't mean it's going to be. And then you just sit with that. And I like to ask the question, it's going to take me longer than I think. So what do I want to do? I can't, I can't wait that long. Well, then no, don't wait that long. You know, that's the other sense of the patience, you know, is you've got to have more patience. Um, weight loss is very inconsistent and unpredictable in the short term. If you like look at any weight loss studies they do and they put people in metabolic chambers um, or chambers, uh, labs, um, they'll put a group of people in these, these labs for weeks, sometimes months, and they're regulating every calorie in and out. And what they find is after 30 days, 60, 90 days, Different people lose drastically different amounts of weight, even though everything was the same. So I don't know. Why is it like that? Why? Well, I, I don't know. But do you lose weight quick or slow? I don't know either. But maybe you lose it slow. So what? So what? I'm sorry that you lose it slow, but so what? What are you going to do about it? Because who gives a shit anyways? Who gives a shit how long it takes to lose the weight, really? I don't even understand that point of view anymore. Because don't you want to live there forever? I mean, shit, if you lose one pound a week, that's 50 pounds a year. And what, what is your rush? <laughs> you know, you're such a rush, but you're not even, you know, again, the more of an impatient rush you're in, the more drastic and extreme your approach is going to be. The more drastic and extreme the approach you take is, the less sustainable it's going to be. And you're not going to keep it up. Can, can we, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, you know? So yeah, I think it's zooming out and looking at the big picture of what your goal is. Your goal is not to lose weight. It's to get to your goal weight. This is your real goal is to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. Can you upgrade your goals, folks, please? What a shitty impoverished goal it is to just want to lose weight. You've done it. You've done it. You lost weight and you put it back on. Are you still saying you want the same fucking goal? You've done it. You lost the weight and put it back on. You want to do that again? Do you? Then stop saying, I just want to lose weight. This isn't rocket science, this part. <laughs> this is one of the easier parts. Please stop saying, I just want to lose weight. Oh my God. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. Why are you lying to yourself? Why do you want to bullshit yourself? It's not true. Start saying, I want to get to my goal weight and I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autobot. That's what I want. Oh, now that's a goal worthy of, of, of some effort and some time and some patience. You know, wanted to lose some weight. Why? So you can put it back on again. Yeah. You'd like another serving of that. <laughs> really? Is that what you want? Vicky says the only way to get the weight off permanently is to change our mindset and lifestyle. Look at you, Vicky following up a perfect. That's perfect. Cannot be thin thinking, feeling, and behaving like either an overweight or a dieting person. There you go. Exactly. You got to create a new mindset. 
Jesus, people so impatient. I've been impatient. I know what it's like, but I've walked a number of mastery paths and I'm talking about weight mastery. You're talking about weight loss. I just want to lose the weight. And then what? Well, I'll put it back on and lose it again. Cause that's what I like. That's what I think. Um, but I'm talking about weight mastery where you step off the weight loss path and you get on the weight mastery path. And it's a path you're going to walk for the rest of your life. Cause how long you want to keep your, how long you want to live at your goal weight for? Till you're 80. And then you want to put the weight all on for five years, six months. How long do you want to live at your goal weight? Oh, forever. Okay. So let's make that the goal. And you're going to work on it from this day until forever. <laughs> fire. I'm on fire. I'm feeling fiery. I was dieting stupid. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid. Like it's just hard to even wrap our heads around, you know, but the problem is everyone like associates weight loss with dieting. I always say this is like the pinnacle of marketing is when you use the, the brand name for the, the product, right? So Kleenex, we'll say Kleenex instead of a tissue. We'll say a Xerox instead of a copy machine, you know? And so, um, we do this with weight loss. We just say dieting weight loss interchangeably. You've got to separate these two. You can lose weight without any dieting. No dieting necessary. No dieting need apply. We're just going to lose weight for good one time, one time more. That's it. I'm going to lose weight one last time, get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there. Doesn't that feel better to even say, you know, words matter. Words matter a whole lot. And your subconscious mind is extremely literal. And if you're using the wrong words, that's a big part of why you're getting the wrong results that you want. You know, so you've got to, you've got to be very specific about what your goal is. And your goal is not just to lose weight. I think I'm attached to the weight I used to be. I can't seem to get that goal out of my head. Um, yeah, a lot of people attached to the weight they used to be. Most people, again, you have that overweight mindset, you have that dieter mindset. And part of that overweight mindset is if you've been overweight for a while, is that should become your identity. That's why I was saying, um, and I, I don't know your name, but you get the smiley, the, the face there. But uh, she, she lost 160 pounds. She's been obese since childhood. That to me is the pinnacle of weight loss success. It's been long-term and she's been overweight her whole life. That That's hard. That's not about the, as challenging as it gets because her identity, she's her whole life, she's been an overweight person. And so our our weight, our physical body is a physical projection of our mental self. You have a self-image of yourself. You have an identity that you think of, you think of yourself in a certain way. You think of yourself as overweight, an overeater, lazy, um, undisciplined, unable to stick to a plan, addicted to sweets, addicted to carbs. You, you have this story that you keep telling and believe about yourself. And it's been validated by experience on top of it. And it's, it's, it's a solid, you hold on to that. Now, again, you don't like it. You don't like being overweight. You don't like being an overeater. You don't like any of these things, but you're familiar with it. And your subconscious mind just wants to maintain the status quo because your, your brain's main job, the number one job of your brain is to predict the future so that we can stay safe and stay alive. And so your subconscious mind just wants to keep everything the same. So you consciously don't like being overweight, but your subconscious mind's like, oh, I understand this. All of a sudden you change everything. Just that alone, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're out of rapport with people that you know. Oh, now you got to go to the bar. Now you got to get eating the wings. You're not eating the donuts, you know? You're breaking rapport with your friends. You're like, oh, who the hell am I now? This is weird, right? And then if you actually start losing the weight, then you're like, what? I'm a thin, healthy person? It's weird. I think that's why most people put the weight back on because you never do the internal work of changing how you think about yourself. Program yourself thin, the core of it, mindset-wise, the second most important piece is, is your self-image. Who do you think you are? That was the biggest shift for me. 
you know, my dad was my biggest hero and he was an eater. He died at 54 of a heart attack. You know, I mean, this guy was, you don't even know an eater. This guy was an eater. I mean, he wasn't like 700 pounds, but he was obese. Um, and he just always ate. He loved food. That was his identity. That was his person. He was a hard ass worker. He was an awesome guy. And he loved food. He loved eating. That's what we did. And so I wanted to be like my dad. And so it was like food was everything. So it's like the hardest part of losing the weight was not changing how I ate. It was changing how I thought about myself and it will be the same for you, you know? So you need to, again, at least you recognize that oh, I'm attached to that weight. Yeah. Cause that's how you, that's how you've gone through life. You don't like it, but you're familiar with it. You're comfortable. You know how to navigate the world as being an overweight person. And so you've got to figure, you've got to work on that piece and, and start to think about yourself the way you want to be, you know? Um, time's going to pass anyways. Absolutely. Exactly. See again, everything, like, yeah, I wish I knew your name, but, but the, 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 the face there, she's saying all the same stuff I say, because I learned all this stuff from people that successfully lost weight. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the same stuff that, that like the beliefs you have. So what you don't understand is your weight is being controlled by your subconscious programming. You've got all these programs in your subconscious mind for how you think about weight, how you think about food, um, how you think about your lifestyle and things like time's going to pass anyway. So what's the rush? That's something someone who's successfully lost weight and kept, keeps it off. That's something they think. A dieter's thinking, I just got to get it off as quick as possible. I got to get off for the Christmas. You know, always putting rush and pressure on themselves, you know, but it's just, it's, it's one thing after another. It's, it's the programming though. Your subconscious, pro, you, your weight is dictated by your subconscious programming. Don't you think that's odd? I mean, you do everything you can to lower your weight and you're, it seems impossible, but you're able to maintain the exact weight no matter what right? Your weight's not constantly going up. You might put a couple pounds on a year, year after year, but your weight's not going up five, 10 pounds every month, you know, unless you're doing something drastic. So you have this subconscious like thermostat is what it feels like, but it's really just your subconscious programming. You think, live and eat like the weight you you're at and you don't know how to change it. And the only thing you have is your willpower where you fight against it for a little while. And that lasts for a little bit. And then you can't keep it up and you go right back to where you always do. That's because you're, that's your subconscious programming and you don't know how to change it. You know, that's what program yourself then does. Karen says, just went to doctor and was so happy to get on scale and my BP normal now. Karen, that's awesome. Take a little clickety click. I'm going to send you a link. I don't know if it'll be this week, this week's kind of crazy, right? But maybe next week even. Um, Karen's in the program. And so, yeah, it's, uh, that's so fun. That's the life. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's important to like really remind yourself of how much, how great it's going to be to get to your goal weight. Cause it's not just about looking better. You know, it's like, it's like going to the doctors and being excited to go to the doctors to get your blood test results, right? It's, it's going to the doctors. You can't wait to step on the scale, you know? And they're like, oh my God, look at you. You lost it. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? You know? And then the feeling of control and feeling good. That That's what it's about. You know, great job, Karen. Um, Liberty says, thank you. I appreciate your answer. It makes so much sense. Good. I'm really glad that helped you. <laughs> I just love the fired up gym, right? We get all fired up. Um, you kind of have to treat food as medicine. You have to eat what is best for your body. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but that being said, Linda, I would also say, you know, you also have to treat food for pleasure. I think, you know, I think the idea, cause I bought into that for a little while, the food's always medicine and it's like, well, yeah, it is mostly. That's why again, I do the five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. Um, the clean eating, I'm treating it like medicine and on the weekend I'm treating it like pleasure, a source of pleasure. And that balance feels really nice to me. I think the idea that we're going to treat 100% of our food like medicine, I think that's a that's a pathway and a recipe to to binge and to feel deprived. You know, so I think there's a balance there. And I think, in essence, I think of that as medicine too. Is my happy medicine? <laughs> um, you know, it, it's. 
I like looking forward to food for pleasure in its compressed, moderated way where I'm still able to live in my goal weight, you know, in its right place, you know? Um, Mickey says we're so conditioned by dieting is the only way to lose weight that we don't know how to get to, uh, get to our goal in another way and stay there forever. Yeah. Yeah. It would help if you could explain that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point, Vicky. So yeah, what, what ends up happening, right. Is again, you, you have your overweight mindset, you have your diet mindset, but your diet mindset is really just an anti mindset. You know, if you think about it, um, it's like, here's for, this is for you, Vicky, but it's like your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. So if I tell you not to think about what I say, if I tell you, don't think about a banana, you think about a banana. Right. And so what your diet is basically is like you have all your normal thoughts, feelings, lifestyle and behavior that are going on and they're keeping you overweight. And so these just happen automatically. You automatically think this way, act this way, do all these things. And your diet is basically don't do that. Right. And so it's like, don't eat that. Don't don't eat the ice cream. Don't eat the chips. Don't eat so much. So you can't eat so fast. Right. It's always trying to fight against what your natural behaviors are. And so what it feels like, again, the reason weight loss is hard is not conceptually it's easy. Behaviorally, it's not as hard as it has to be. But what you're trying to do is it's like you're trying to wake up tomorrow and write with the other hand, brush your teeth with the other hand, use your computer mouse with the other hand. You can do it, but it takes lots of focus and energy and concentration because you don't have those subconscious programmings. You have the subconscious program to use your mouse and write and brush your teeth with your right hand, maybe, but not with your left. And so it's the same thing with your weight. You've got your overweight programming and your diet mindset is just trying to fight against that. And so usually what happens is at best case scenarios, you diet your way down to your goal weight. And then it's, um, it's still you, your overweight, natural things you normally do and your diet minds and you can't keep dieting. And so you never learn how to think like a thin, healthy person in the diet world, right? That, that's not ever, never a part of it. Never. There is no mindset approach. There is no diet based around a mindset approach. It just doesn't exist. And so it's always about a diet really is you fighting against yourself. And so you never learn to change yourself though. You just learn to police yourself and fight against it. And eventually when the scale stops going down, because what most people do, the motivation, even if you're successful, the motivation becomes, I'll give up the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. And as soon as eventually the scale stops going down, now you know the pleasure of the food, you know the pleasure of the scale going down. Well, where's your motivation from now? And you're still thinking like an overweight person, you know? So it's a never ending battle against yourself with the diet mindset. So program yourself. Then what we're looking to do is we're looking to use all that energy that you're using to fight against yourself. We're looking to use that energy to create a thin and healthy mindset. So that you automatically, so that you're programmed to think, live and eat like a naturally thin person. So you don't have to fight against yourself. So that the things you naturally think do and how you eat keep you at your goal weight forever. You can do it, right? I mean, you, you didn't know how to write with your hand and you train that into your body. So you just do it automatically. Now you didn't, you, you didn't know. Uh, I was thinking I got pulled over by the cops the other day, got a speeding ticket. And I was thinking Tony Robbins used to say this. He's like, you know, you don't come out of the womb seeing flashing blue lights and have a panic attack, right? It's conditioned into you. You get pulled over and, and now you associate it with this pain. Oh, here's the bill. I was, I was sitting there waiting for it. And I was like, you know, yeah, I'd feel totally different about those lights. If, if instead of getting a ticket, I got a, a big, you know, Ed McMahon giant check, right? You get pulled over and you see those lights. Oh, oh, here comes my check. How much is it going to be? Right. You'd have a different response to that. 
you know, subconscious response. But that's how fast your subconscious mind is. It's just these instant associations. It's way faster than your conscious mind. So if you want to lose weight, you have got to learn to program your subconscious mind so that it automatically thinks like a thin, healthy person. And you're never doing that. You know, you're always just trying to fight against yourself and it's tedious and it never really works. So, yeah, it's about creating that mindset. Um, Debbie says, I lost over a hundred pounds. My hair is falling out. Always dizzy bones show always cold depression. Um, well, okay. So to that point, this really brings up an important point, which is what is your goal weight folks? What is your goal weight? I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I always ask people, what's your goal weight? And they tell me and I say, okay, why? And almost always, almost without exception, yeah, that's what I weighed when I was 20. Um, married. Uh, I don't know. That's what my doctor told me I should weigh. Well, I don't know. Uh, it's like this very weak reasons. Okay. So whatever the goal weight is, it's got to have a lot of reason and meaning behind it. Now, how do we choose the right goal weight? That's the important part here. So I would suggest that you choose the goal weight that gives you the best quality of life. Weight is like money in that it's a means to an end. Having a certain amount of money and having a certain weight don't mean shit if you hate how you get them, right? If you're a millionaire, but you get your money from robbing uh, senior citizens, ugh, that's, a, that's a bad quality of life, right? If you got your weight down to where you want it to be, but you hate living that way and your hair is falling out and you feel terrible and you're depressed, what, 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 what are we doing? Why that weight doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It's the process that matters. And if you feel like shit, cause you think that weight magically, what now everyone loves me now, now I'm successful now. What that doesn't exist. That's an illusion in your mind. Okay. And so you need to figure out whatever weight you choose, you've got to take into account what you're going to do to make that weight happen. I find a lot of people choosing a weight where they're not willing to live at it. They choose a weight where they got to drink water and eat carrots to get there and stay there. And they don't want to do that. It's a shitty quality of life. And so they, they eat up here and they wish their weight was down here. Why? Pick a weight that gives you the best quality of life. Choose a weight that makes you the best version of you possible. So when Debbie says you lost hundred pounds, the hair is falling out, always dizzy, bones showing, always cold depression. That cannot be the best Debbie. It can't be, right? If we take in more context, if you just focus on a number and you think a number is that's what the goal has to be, then all of a sudden you look around and you say, I feel like shit. What am I doing? What's the point? When we start looking at who's the best Debbie I can imagine, who's the happiest, healthiest, most attractive, most confident Debbie I can, I can be. And it's not this right now. So that it, with that definition, what it, the weight you're at now is, is not the right weight. Just like if you're, if you're hundred pounds overweight, hundred pounds underweight, it's the same reality they, they seem different because they look different, but it's the same thing where you're not happy. You're not happy with where you're at with your weight and the weight's just a red herring. You're not happy with how you feel day to day, right? You're hundred pounds underweight. You're dizzy. Your bones are showing you're freezing. You're depressed. You're hundred pounds overweight. You're having a hard time moving. You're frustrated with yourself. You're worried about your health. You know what I mean? But, but they're both the same. You're not happy. This isn't where you want to be. This is not the best version of you. So you figuring out the weight for you and figuring out the best version of you is up to you. It's up to you. But that's how I'd start reframing this process, not just some disembodied number on a scale that you're aiming at that doesn't have any meaning to it. You need to give your goal weight more meaning. It doesn't have meaning by itself. That's why I say me, weight and money are means to an end. It's a way to feel something. 
but how you accomplish that is a big part of what you're going to feel. Okay. So I hope that helps. My doctor wants to join your program. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Doctors, I know that because I, I hear that all the time. I have clients and myself included going to the doctors and you lose weight. And the doctor's like, holy shit, how did you do this? Because doctors have no clue how to help you lose weight. Do you understand that? We've all talk about the, the, the biggest hypnotists in life, not, I don't know, not hypnotists usually. The biggest hypnotists in lives in our lives are doctors, police officers, right? Um, those are two, the two big ones anyways, but the doctors, we, we give them all this power. I mean, they're, they're smart, obviously in what they do to some degree, but they don't know everything and they don't study. Most doctors do not study very much nutrition. They don't know weight loss. Okay. So don't, they don't know about this. Even nutritionists and dietitians, they know the nuts and bolts of what you should eat, but they don't know how to get you to do it. You know, that that's the weight loss industry in a nutshell is everyone telling you what to do. And then you're left by yourself to force yourself to do it. You never learn how to change your behaviors long-term and how you change your behaviors long-term is you got to change your mindset. You never learn this. So you're here thinking like you can't lose weight. And I'm sitting here thinking you've never learned how to lose weight. Just because you have a vague idea of what you should do does not, not mean you understand how to get yourself to do it. And you're never learning it from the diets. So again, I'd suggest if you haven't yet, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training I give you. Because I'll teach it to you. Vicky says, that's the concept I wanted you to cover. Thank you. You're welcome, Vicky. Yeah, thanks for reminding me because that is a, it's good to think of it that way. Meg, I'm 60 pounds down. Hey, great job. Good job, Meg. That's awesome. Now, Meg, I'll tell you this, right? So again, a lot of times in our minds, we think about weight loss in terms of how much weight we want to lose. I want to lose X amount of pounds, I'm X pounds down. As quick as you can, you want to switch that to what goal weight you want to be at, okay? So, and I get it, you're 60 pounds down, so that's awesome, but make sure that you start framing in your mind, not that I want to lose, I don't know where you want to be at. Maybe 60 is where you're at, maybe you want to lose another 20. But we don't want to be saying, oh, I just want to lose 20 pounds. I just want to lose 40 pounds. I'm 60 pounds down. We don't want to do it because it's always referencing our overweight self. And as much as possible, we're looking to create a thin and healthy mindset and to pin our identity to that new weight, our goal weight. And so whatever your goal weight is, Meg, you want to start saying, um, I want to be X amount of pounds as opposed to I'm down, you know, I want to lose 80 pounds. You know, it's not, we don't, we don't get motivated by what we want to lose. We get more motivated by what we're going to gain. And it's easier to say what we're going to gain when we say, I want to weigh X amount of pounds as opposed to I want to lose X amount of pounds. Just a little semantics for you, but might found it helpful, but great job. Anyways, that's a very, very great, uh, accomplishment. Bobby says, hi, you're amazing. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, like I said, it's true. It is true. Yeah, because again, it, it's. I'll say this one more time. It's not about losing weight. Your your goal is not to lose the weight, Meg. And so you're, you've been successful. I don't know where you're at in your process here, but um, it, it, it's as quick as you can. <laughs> you want to start transitioning to yourself from losing weight to living at your goal weight. Okay. It's very, very important. The biggest mistake people make when they want to lose weight is that they just focus on losing weight. They think about getting to the goal weight as being the finish line. It is not getting to your goal weight is the starting line folks. Cause again, Meg, you've put a lot of time and energy into making this happen. How long would you like to keep that weight off for? How long would you like to live at your goal weight for? I can hear you saying forever. Right. And so in your mind, start making that shift now that I want to weigh X amount of pounds. I want to be that person. And as much as you can, you want to reinforce that Meg. 
you know? And then we want to make it bigger than just the weight. So it'd be, I want to, I'm doing this so I can be the best Meg possible. Who is the best Meg that you can possibly imagine? Now, one aspect of that is your weight, but just one. There's lots of other stuff. I'll be more clear head. I'll be more balanced. I'll be more calm. I'll be more relaxed. I'll be uh, happier, healthier, more patient, you know, more energized, whatever. But the more you can articulate all the things you get out of being at your goal weight and being that best version of yourself, the more motivation you tap into. And, um, and the easier it is to live at your goal weight on top of it. All right. Cool. All right, everyone, you guys are awesome today. I'm going to step out of here. Um, again, if you have not yet, please go to my bio, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's called the new thin me. It's a kickstart session. Um, watch the training I give you as well. Right after you opt in for that, I send you a training, um, three steps to master your weight. Go watch it. Go watch it. It's really good. And, um, then you can listen to the podcast. The podcast is program yourself then on all the podcast platforms. And, uh, yeah, you can listen. I do one of these every day. This week will be a little funny because of Thanksgiving, but we'll see. Yes, Astrid, I'll see you tomorrow. So have a great day, everyone, and we will talk soon. Bye.